Okay. Hey, welcome everybody. It's seven o'clock on Wednesday. That means it's time for Sci-Fi Distill. Welcome back, Mary Beth. Hello, hello. And how's everything going with you? It goes, but we are in day 97 of Thunder and Torrential. Yeah, it's getting a little. Those of us that are in the Northeast here, I don't know where everybody else is, but it's been this, un, what they call it, an unsettled pattern. Unsettled, very so unsettled. So we're getting a lot of rain on and off, on and off, some heavy heavy storms in some places. Yes. Yeah, we've had um, some significant storms. Yeah, luckily we haven't had too much of that, but hope every, wherever you are, hope everybody's safe. Of course, fires are still raging across Canada. They are. Get that crap under control. Let's go. Come on, Canada. <laughs> hi, Dr. Alexander. Hi, Jeff. And hi, Martin Bend. How is everybody tonight? So so tonight we're kind of, it's not really a series. I guess we just decided since last week we did Spielberg's kind of first big big film with Duel. We thought George Lucas would, would uh, be a good one to do with THX. They're both 1971, the year They're of my both birth. both 1971. So Although the original one he did in college. Yes, yes, that's true. That is true. Yes. So, um, but before we do that, I assume we have news. I have news. I have five pieces of news tonight. We're going to discuss them all. Um, in did I already report this news news? And tell me if I already reported this news. Back in May, Cruz set up to shoot the Twister sequel in parts of Oklahoma and Oklahoma City. The sequel called Twisters, like, you know, Alien, Aliens. Twister, Twisters, is scheduled to be released July 19, 2024. It will star Glenn Powell, who we just saw as Hangman in Top Gun Maverick. No word on if Helen Hunt will be involved. Of course, you know, we lost her co-star Bill Paxton in 2017, and we lost filmer Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman in uh, 2014. Did you know that there was a Twister movie museum in Wakita? It I looks did not. Like Wakita head on. There is a there's a twister museum in Wakita. So those of you, should you ever find yourselves in Kansas or wherever the heck Wakita Oops. is? Also in filming. I'm news, sorry, let me get rid of that. Sorry, what, I was, what was that? that was for our countdown for. Oh, our Sunday. countdown. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> also in Rizzo broke. Uh, also in filming news, Rizzo told me this last week, and now it's popping up on social media. Beetlejuice two. Those sets are under construction in. Corinth, Vermont. Nope, not very far away from me. Only about twenty miles or so. No, we can go check them uh, out. Yeah, Change. I think I might want if I get a decent weekend where it's not raining. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel bad for them. But someone was showing it on. They got the covered bridge, the uh, hardware yeah. store, and the house. The covered bridge is now two lanes. Yes. Um, it's been updated over the last thirty some odd years. It's an actual and, road, which makes me wonder. Like when a film crew comes and fill, you know, builds a covered bridge over your road. Do you then keep it? Like, do you just keep it? As I guess if it's functional, or? my guess is it probably wasn't built to last. Yeah, when, it's probably, when you build things for movies, you don't build them to last. And yeah, yeah so probably. I guess they and they had to put a fake facade over the general store because the original one was such. Yes, nice. they did. Yes, they. Yeah. So moving anyway. on, changes are afoot at DC. The post-credit scene of the Flash. I haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil it for me. The post-credit scenes of The Flash confirmed we're about to have a new actor playing Batman in the DC Universe, and none of the previous actors will be reprising their their role. What did you guys think of The Flash? Should I see it? And are you looking forward to the new Batman actor? I am. I did not see The Flash movie. I am not interested in seeing The Flash movie. Um, I'll see it when it comes on Disney. It's like 
I think if you're working, if you're a man working in Hollywood long enough, you eventually play Batman. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's just kind of yeah. getting ridiculous. It's almost like Spider-Man. It's like everyone has a turn. Except, except Spider-Man, you, you can't really do it as an old guy. So, oh god, that's funny. So yeah. So Batman, when you're younger, yeah. you do. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I don't funny. know. It's just, it's like they've they've redone it so many times. <sighs> you know, you've arrived um, when they choose. It's like you. I guess, I guess it keeps making money. Yeah, well, I Batman. Did. I mean, clearly, if they keep making them for a reason. Flash is a little controversial, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't. I never was into the TV shows. Like I said, I'm not a DC guy at all. <laughs> so um, I literally just watched Quantum Mania the other night. I do have. Oh, did you really? I do have some Marvel news later, but let's move on here. Um, is the San Diego Comic Con heading to its worst year? In recent memory, in the last few years, the once illustrious event has begun to lose its popularity. It got shut down by the pandemic for a couple of years. And in the meantime, the studios have begun hosting their own fan events outside of Comic-Con. Disney has D3. Netflix has that ta -dum, I was talking about last week, the ta -dum event. Star Wars has Star Wars Day, practically Star Wars Month at this point. Even we think even Star Trek kind of feels like it's moving toward developing its own day. Picard Day, Frontier Day. Frontier Day would be my guess. Yeah. So now major studios are sitting out of the 2023 Comic-Con. So there's going to be no Marvel, no Lucasfilm, no Netflix, no Universal Pictures, and no Sony. That's huge. Like, that's the spine. That's the backbone of Comic-Con. Like, that's what people go to see. So that's weird. So they're scrambling. Um, and the other thing affecting it is if SAG-AFRA, if SAG, uh, the Screen Actors Guild Union, if they can't, um, in their motion picture or whatever, if they don't come to terms by June 30th, which is this Friday, and the Actors Guild goes on strike, the actors will join the writers and the showrunners with these ongoing Hollywood labor issues. So everyone will be on strike. And I don't know, you guys, if that means no appearances. I'm not sure. No one has mentioned anything that would affect Trek Condoroga to me. So I think oh, we're okay. <laughs> he'd, he'd plots. He'd plots. He'd die. We all so would. I don't know, I don't know yeah. what's going on. But San Diego Comic-Con, I know you're scrambling to provide programming. I feel you, girl. I, I've been there. Yeah. Moving on. Okay, this is it. Let's do it. We're going to talk about it. You ready? Here we go. We need to talk about Star Trek Prodigy. Last November, Prodigy Season 2 got the green light from Paramount Plus, and it is in post-production right now. And then suddenly last week, we got the shocking news that Paramount Plus had canceled Prodigy, and they didn't just cancel it. They've already pulled it from Paramount Plus. Yeah, I don't know why they pulled it off the, the platform. I, I know why. Okay. Because they're shopping it around. They will let another network buy it. Maybe Netflix will buy it. Yeah, but why and wouldn't, I guess, yeah. People, understandably, flipped collective. Like, they flipped out. Twitter was on fire. People were freaking. The Star Trek sector helped coin the hashtag save Pro Star Trek prodigy. Um, and the thing is, here's the thing. Here's what, why people are flipping out. When CBS All Access, do you guys remember CBS All Access? When it switched to Paramount Plus, they specifically advertised for Star Trek. They specifically said, every series, every episode. Your one-stop repository for all things Trek. And now they've just up and dumped prodigy the, the the backlash against paramount on twitter has been unreal so when paramount has their ads like they put a, the, an ad up you should see the comments hundreds of comments underneath each ad all saying 
no, I'm not, I'm canceling my subscription. What did you do to Prodigy? Why did you dump Prodigy? Like, it yeah. just went well, on. interestingly enough, I literally just got a message from Amazon who I buy my CBS. Yes. That the price is going it's up. It's going up 10 more bucks. bucks. Me too. Not 10, 12. Me $3. $3. Mine's, Mine's going from They're, $49 to $50. $11.99, $2. $2. Well, I have the no oh, I, I pay it for the year. It's for the year. I'm going oh, from well, I, mean, I, pay 11, I was paying $9.99 a month, and it's going up to $11.99 a month. So, so I mean, so Anson Mount, Bruce Hork, a whole bunch of others are all tweeting hashtag Dave Save Star Trek Prodigy. So, um, yes. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I don't understand. Well, I guess if you're saying they're going to shop it around, but clearly, what needs to I know everybody's saying they love it. I didn't really care for it, but whatever. Um, it was a kid's show. Clearly, it didn't get the views. Everybody's saying they loved it, but they didn't on. watch it. I have more information than once. On that. Remember what Mike Okuda was always saying? It's not just that you watch it once. It's how many. Yeah, it it I do gets. have information on that. Okay. Okay. So it, clearly it must not. That's the only thing. I, they wouldn't dump it if it was getting big numbers. It's, there's, okay. They're supposedly dumping it for a tax break. All right. In the meantime. So what's happening? I mean, that's, but it seemed why. I mean, Here's what's happening. I guess I don't understand. In the meantime, Prodigy physical media, actual DVDs, Blu-rays, toys, sold out, gone. Target, Walmart, Amazon, anywhere you go look for Prodigy stuff, gone. Gizmodo, gizmodo.com ran a story with the headline, the actual headline, a real headline. Paramount's Star Trek struggle is a shit show of its own making. When you look at the ratings... They're not, they're right middle of the road ratings. They're not super high, but they're not low. They're middle of the road. But what we figure is happening, Prodigy was being watched, but it was being watched by adults. And this thing was marketed to kids and it was picked up by Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon ran it in conjunction with Paramount. So on Nickelodeon, there would have been ads like Captain Crunch and Fruit Loops and Twinkies and toys, which there was zero ROI for those advertisers if there was all 30-year-old adults watching this thing. We think that's what happened. Well, because it's possible, but the, the fact of the matter is is that it was originally designed to be a kid show if adults it was, like it. And this has happened before. How many kids in England? It? In England, like Teletubbies was a kid show, which is a very kid show, yet somehow it became a phenomenon for like the entire country. I don't know if there's any of our... Uh, folks across the pond they're watching but um you know so i don't know i mean if you like the show great i watched the first season and was less than impressed with it i did i felt it was a kid show i'm sorry I just yeah, it, was definitely a kid big show. it was a voyager sequel i mean you kind yeah, of yeah and again i'm and then, hey and then and then to my it, it, i'm not a voyager fan i never was a janeway fan so, so, yeah, so, so there was a lot of things that were strikes on it for me <laughs> If you liked it, great. I'm not. I'm not dissing it, but we all know that Paramount, in general, has been kind of a shit show. Yeah, it has. Um, I people, mean, people if we look at what it. they produced and there's how much true, they screwed up the franchise. Yeah, but there's a true sense of betrayal out there because Paramount told us we're going to have all the stars. Yeah, why couldn't they do this with Discovery? I'll agree with you on that one, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let my last piece of news for tonight before we move on. Do not send all of your ire to Paramount. Save some for Marvel. 
Marvel is also under criticism for its new show, Secret Invasion, which I did watch the opening episode last week. Uh, I said the last, the first episode was supposed to be shocking, and it was, and it wasn't for the death of a certain beloved character at the end of the episode, which I will not spoil. No, no, no. It was the opening credits. The show's opening credits, which is this animated thing, are made by Method Studio, a fairly renowned digital effects house, and they used AI to generate this. People flipped out because this is exactly one of the things that the writers are striking against. Part of the reason that they don't want AI art is because it draws on thousands of thousands of sources across the internet and can pull your art off the internet and use it without asking permission or giving credit. So it becomes very, very blurry. What's human created, what's AI, you know, which kind of, I guess is blurry, which is perfect for a show. That's where it's really blurry on who's human and who's scroll, but whatever. But it's just screwed up the entertainment industry. AI is screwing up the entertainment industry because it's fewer and fewer jobs for humans. Yeah, and and you know the thing with the thing with technology, it's always ahead of legislation. So we're always behind. I think eventually legislation will catch up to somehow address the issue of AI or at least using it in your production. Yes, how if you, if, exactly? If it's you going, how do you do that? That's left to people that you know, that write laws, I guess, to figure that out. You guys but I, again, traditionally, whenever we have new technologies, they always, we always kind of have these issues where there's no laws to, to really control them until we catch up. Well, the argument for, for the, but the argument is, Hey, remember when they invented the car and all the people that made buggies and horse well, whips? Yeah. Well, there's always that too, that, as we progress technologically, people will lose their jobs. People change their jobs, yeah. But, you know, I mean, we may get to a point where the entire film industry is just run by computers and they just yeah. punch in an idea and, you know, the computer comes up with the rest. I don't know. Um, probably won't happen in our lifetime, I would think. But uh, I hope not. it is what it is. You know, our, I, mean, I don't want to see well, someone like Darren Doctorman out how of many, how many, yeah. How many films are actually shot on film? Yeah, that's true. Films. You know what I'm saying? I and mean, there's no more. Is there anybody processing film? They're probably probably very expensive because there's only a few places that'll actually process actual film anymore because nobody true. uses it. That's true. <laughs> you know. So if you guys anyway. want to see um, a really great uh, in-depth look at this, check out Screen Crush. And if you want to see a good in-depth look at the Paramount Prodigy, check out Trek Culture. And now, speaking of Star Trek, we have some strange new thoughts. Oh, that's oh, we're doing that now. Yeah, we're doing that now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, let me get the timer here from the beginning. Yes, so this is start. a professionally. <laughs> we go. We're doing that now. Okay, we're done. All right, there we go. Oh, our timer's going. So, uh, so this was a this second episode for Strange New World was basically a courtroom drama. Um, we had Una who is on trial because she lied to Starfleet about being an Illurian. Um, or not Illyrian. What is she? Um, yeah, Illyrian. Illyrian, and so they're 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 genetically modified. There's a lot of <laughs> holes in that whole law thing because there was an episode I literally just watched season two of TNG where they were doing. Remember the one where they uh, they were aging? It was kind of like um, Deadly Years, but uh, what's her name? The doctor caught Maybe. it was like a virus. She they they caught it from these. I don't want to take up too much time, but anyway, they were doing genetic experiments on human beings um but apparently it wasn't illegal in tng era only 
maybe they they got rid of the law anyway um so so it wasn't a bad episode uh i think overall, it was better pretty, than last week it was pretty it was better than the first one um there really wasn't anything like i said there's nothing action happened wise it was pretty much a courtroom it's drama. courtroom yeah, so I don't have a lot. Um, to I say really about that. enjoyed. Yeah, so I, this was a woke episode. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Spock's little outburst. That was adorable. Um, I yeah. enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Yatidi Badaki, who played Nira. She was fantastic. I could not help but notice, and both Ready Room and Trek Culture pointed this out that this is the second time now that Rebecca Romaine has played a character that is different in some way. And they said, "Why don't you just go back to hiding, or why don't you just look?" And she and the character said. Because I shouldn't have to. The first character was Mystique, and the second character was, of course, yeah. Una. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, in, in, I said it to you after I watched it. I said the one thing I thought they should have done, which would have been great, if they somehow worked in Samuel T. Cogley's yes. law <laughs> from from Court Martial, because he yes. would have been alive and around in this era. Yo, so yeah, it would have, yeah. even if it was just a mention, like, can we get Samuel Cogley, yeah. you know, to defend yeah. or something? The only nod to him was that near, yeah, near it had a book, like a real book, and that was yeah. Like but the thing that always kind of cracked, you know, this is where I think they they, they miss opportunities for yeah. for that's that to me would have been a great fan. Where fan they missed the opportunity is they've created this loophole now for Una, but did they address the underlying issue and correct Stark? fleet itself no why they couldn't there's no way they well, could have anyway because of deep space nine they had to still be screwed up for bashir that's so. right so it's still it's still in place in tng era but then you know we play fast and furious with this with the in loose so to speak with the rules on we these shows do. so but it was a good episode um I, I i'm a little fearful for the one coming tomorrow because it looks like a time travel episode it should be interesting oh. I, I do have a couple observations on that but yeah i was, I was hoping it was gary seven but i don't think it is all right and all right. that's it and time time you can okay. all unmute now you can all unmute <laughs> oh we forgot our banner too. yelling at him to mute i always forget to do that sorry you gotta you threw this at me the last second I didn't I'm get sorry. I thought it was sorry. Okay. Just so you know, it will come after the news. It'll come after the news. When you see the timer go up, just mute. <laughs> okay. So um anyway, <laughs> THX one one three eight. Uh what? do we have a beverage to drink with oh, THX? We do. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Again, we are so professionally I really I had a really busy day. We have today, segments so my, now, like we've we've yeah. maybe grown beyond so, our capabilities. Well, here it is the happy pill. I'm not gonna go through all these ingredients, but it's on the web Facebook page. I'm sure it'll and make you happy. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. It does look it like it might be them. good. So it's very fruity. Very fruity. It would probably make you happy. It'll so. make you happy. All right. So all right, here we go. So here we are. So we have George Lucas dystopian uh, film of uh basically they don't do a lot of backstory as to what the society or why it's there. It's just that this, it's a clearly it's some kind of underground or in contained society. In other words, they're in some very kind Logan's of run building, very Logan's run like <laughs> in some ways where they're kind of like in a dome or underground. Um, and they're very controlled through drugs. Yeah. Primarily. Um, no, it's, fact, like, it's, it's like it's world for you not to take drugs. Yes. In this society. Everybody is shade bald. It's very uniform, very 1984. You see a lot of Orwellian very stuff in here. Very brave new world. Very, very brave new world. So it's that kind of when dystopian where society has come run amok and everything is controlled. And the weird thing about this film, I always thought that it almost has like this communist feel like people are all like, but then it's like purchase and spend money and like yeah, the, you know, the announcements are buy, buy yeah. things. And be happy. So 
but yet you don't see the you see their apartment and there's like nothing in it. Yeah, so like, what are they buying? What are they buying? And he buys a suit and then he throws it away, which was supposed to be symbolic of consumerism. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they should have been full of stuff if they were being forever. Yeah, just didn't, just didn't that kind of didn't really. I don't know. Uh, maybe somebody else can explain and has an explanation for it. But yeah. uh, so basically, it's this one character played by Ra or Duvall. Of course, nobody has any names. They're all nope. just number designations. THX one one three eight, or his girl, well, his roommate it wasn't even his girlfriend because sex is also outlawed. Apparently, yeah, appropriation is only just roommate. Yeah, they were just a roommate, but it, clearly they they had a relationship. She got pregnant. Well, he I don't think he cared one way or the other. He just had a roommate. This was all her idea. True. She was driving that to some degree. It was a little weird, a little Adam and Evie kind of weirdness there. Well, they never really see what happens to her because you find no, out you she gets taken away when he gets taken and away. And then she's been what was the word? Consumed. No, was that what the word? Yeah, well, well, they they have the one scene where they're together in the white. The void, yeah, the white, the white void. void thing, which is kind of a cool prison. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you don't know where to go. It's just like you're nowhere. But um, yeah, so but then we don't see her again after that. They take her away, and then that's the last time you see yeah. her. So I don't know what's going on there. So I yeah, it really, it's really it's what I was curious to see what your reaction was because you had never seen this before, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no, but it was fascinating, and I, you know, everyone of course sees the very very obvious imagery sounds certain things parallels to Star Wars, but I couldn't help but notice some pretty interesting parallels to Andor. Andor, particularly the scenes where he's in that prison with um, Andy Serkis there. Can't think of that character's name. Yeah. A lot of parallels there. The whiteness, the white uniforms, the the way they made him work and the efficiency. And um, they were basically both in Andor and in this thing, they were building the, the very... Uh, the very machinery of their own demise. In Andor, they're building parts to the Death Star, and in this thing, they're building more of those robots. Those yeah, the uh, police cops, the police robots. Police. Which I noticed. I noticed one kind of. I don't know if it was really a goof, but it was definitely an in inconsistency. There's one scene where there's two, two of the cops walking another prisoner, and one is clearly like eight inches taller than the other yeah, one. Was that Johnny Weissmuller? And, and I'm like, I'm like, but if they're robots, wouldn't they be all be the like same. the same? <laughs> I noticed that too, that one was taller and thinner, but I noticed that Johnny Weissmuller, not Tarzan, but maybe it was Tarzan, but yeah, Johnny Weissmuller Jr. played one of those cops. So I was like, well, that must've been him, the tall one. Like, I, just, I don't know, when, when I noticed it, I was watching it. I'm like, well, that's kind of inconsistent. Oh, what a funny, so, weird little thing this was. Yeah. So originally this was a film that he did, um, in at USC in college called Electronic Labyrinth THX one one three eight for EB in nineteen sixty seven. Yes, and so the, the EB name THX one one three eight came from his phone number in San Francisco. Yes, so the one one three eight was the last four digits, and the THX are the corresponding numbers for the first three. Uh, the, and first only three. only those of us old enough to remember, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dial or push pad well, i mean they're still on the phone the letters are still on oh, the yeah, phone. i suppose they are I so so that's where he got the name of course we know anybody who knows anything about george lucas knows that he sticks the thx or the 1138 or both in almost in every single film he's done it was in american graffiti it was on a license plate 
Um, of course, in Star Wars, it was the cell block 1138. Yes. And of course, when he did Phantom Menace, the, the sound, the surround sound system that he built was THX. So THX, yeah. uh, it's all over the place. So I didn't know if I didn't notify. I don't think I saw it in Indiana Jones, although that was Spielberg more than it was. Uh, yeah, Indiana Jones, it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the C-3PO and the R2-D2 in the hierarchy. Right, there was definitely that. That was in the, in the, in the map room scene. It's on the, it's on the, in the hieroglyphs, there's an R2-D2 and a C-3PO. But um, yeah, so it was a really bizarre film. They didn't put any makeup nope. on on the actors to try Be to make it look real, and you could tell the ones that are naturally bald. <laughs> they weren't because even Robert on, Duvall, Duvall, yeah, because there's a big. They could tell where they weren't tan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did do a making of. He called it bald making of THX one one three, and they they showed her. They showed the lead girl. In a later interview, when she was quite a bit older, she's like, "Oh, I loved it. It was so exciting." But when you watch Bald making up, she's like, she really looks upset. She does not look happy to be getting her head shaved, but she looked fine. They all looked fine. Well, I mean, it'll grow back unless oh, you yeah. be or something, you know. Oh, of course it will. Of course it will. <laughs> it's not the first time that actors have had to shave their head for a role, and you know, skill caps would not have worked. So no, that, not for this. Not, not for, for this. this. And that, again, that was kind of the whole theme of it is that everybody was the same. Everybody's, you know, bald. Everybody wears the white outfit. Yes. There's this, you know, this, you're kind of just a cog in a machine, you know, that you're, it's, uh, I just love the, 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 there's a, at one point in early in the film, there's an explosion at one of the factory floors where they're building these robots, I guess. And they actually see a scene where they're hauling out like what's left of some of these carcasses, but they're so, yeah. You know, there's an emergency, but you know, you don't leave your workstation. You know, we kind of backed up, like, like they kind of ran back, and then yeah, they're like, but they're like, you know, they're like, we're gonna, yeah, there was an explosion, but there's no danger. You know, please return to your. Yeah, it's like yeah, that voice. It's very that that whole voice. There was some of that. I forgot where they. I have to find. There was a. Yeah, I feel like the voices were from a from a troop. Oh. Like, um, yeah, yeah. A uh, acting so troop. Speaking, yeah, they did. They did. And some Speaking, of the lines were actually from Nixon's speeches. Yes, yeah, some of the lines that uh, Donald Pleasance, who I yeah. adore, he plays Sen, what S E N, whatever, and he's a little off kilter. He's he he's just off, and he's he's he starts kind of rambling when he ends up in jail with them. Um, but I wanted to ask you about that because a couple things that I don't understand. One one of which just a couple, just a couple. Where's my list of things I don't understand? I actually wrote them down. So, um, what I wanted to talk about was the mind lock. So, Lucas is specifically showing this bureaucratic universe that has kind of this oppressive government, but there's no clear, like in Star Wars, it's very clear. Like you see Vader and then above Vader is the Emperor. Like there's a hierarchy, but this is much more... No, yeah, it's like everybody's part of a machine, and like yeah, you have the you have the people that are directing stuff, you know, exactly. from like a control room, but they don't look like they're in charge. It's almost yes. like the computers are in charge because yeah, they're like, very. It's it's the the contrast in this film to me was this dystopian, very Orwellian controlled society with this very monetary based, you know, consumerism almost. Parallel to it going on at the same time, yes. and money is always a big issue because remember the whole thing is like it says if if you know when they're trying to capture him when he escapes at the end, 
Yes, and, you know, they, and, and they're so, like, okay, you know, yeah, if you exceed like, the budget by five percent, so is that all you have to do is just wait till you've exceeded budget, and then you're free. And that's essentially what happens. The, the, the robot was chasing him, and he finally stops because he's like, "Wait, come back!" Because he if he goes any yeah. farther, yeah. he's money. like, yeah. I don't know how actually physically the robot chasing him is costing money, but so know, that's how he gets away. Him. He just he just basically stays ahead of him long yeah. enough. But I want to get back. I actually want to get back to the government and the mind because I want to talk about that mind lock a little bit. The fact that there was no clear like chain of command is that was the mind because when the mind lock happens, it's an accident. And when you listen to the dialogue that's happening superimposed over the mind lock, they're they're saying, "Yeah, do it, do it." And then, no, stop! Don't other people going, "No, don't do it." He's because he's working with this radioactive thing. And was that supposed to be an example of the bureaucracy just? Like not like I don't you know, know. you know, there's a lot of stuff. Here. You'd have to ask George that. I think <laughs> a, there's just a lot of stuff in this movie that just doesn't really make sense. And I wonder if it was never really meant to make sense. Maybe like it's I, just I, because, I, like I said, there's I, no like you said that I said earlier. There's no backstory. There's no structure to this film. I went kind of just back. Into this. The mindlock scene is on YouTube. I went back and rewatched it and listened to and wrote down. If you guys are interested. I wrote down all the dialogue that happens because I was trying to understand because it was another woman. She looked a lot like La, but she wasn't La. Her name was Susan something. The actress's name was Susan something. Um, uh, she's one of my roads tonight, interestingly enough. Um, she seems to be the one that does it because I thought it was La and I thought it was La being mean to him for some reason. And then I realized, oh, no, that's not her. That's not her. Just so this girl just overrides it and she's like, yeah, we're going to do the mind lock. And doesn't she realize that he's at work and he could Hurt, like yeah, because, whatever that stuff, whatever that little glowing radioactive. Because part thing. of their little mantra is don't cause no, not don't cause accidents. Yeah, don't cause accidents or prevent accidents or something. So she literally did not prevent an accident. Like I, that whole thing, just what was that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in this film that just doesn't make. Ah. Um, it just doesn't make sense. But again, I don't know if it was supposed to. I think the overall theme is that. You have this weird controlled society. We don't even know. He gets out on the dome surface at the end. Yeah. You know, and there's a sun, you know, the sunset thing. <laughs> another another so Lucas. We, we assume time. that we assume that it's okay out there. And again, it was just kind of like, you know, like almost like silo. Yeah, it's not like silo. You could go out. It's like you could go out. Um, and then but the weird thing was there was also this outer shell they were talking about where these other weird creatures and they're kind of like monkeys but they really yeah. weren't supposed to be monkeys they were like yeah. some kind of weird mutated that part was very thing. logan's run-esque it was very like, strange was very... yeah the cool thing i love the the cars the police cars were really the cars cool. were very very cool they're like little race but cars then, then the hologram and i can't think of his call sign his number the black guy like he just Right into a pole, like he literally just ran it because he didn't know how to drive a car. You figure they don't. Surely the concept of steering. I don't. I don't know. Robert figured it out real. I mean, he did, but the guy couldn't even figure out how to start it. So I don't know. But yeah, why do they have all these highways and stuff if nobody can drive? I guess it's just for the police. Or if you didn't go out, what were those roads for? Maybe they were there from a previous time before the society went. You know, I'm saying again, they don't. you, You you leave a lot of holes. For you to kind of fill in your own theory, I guess. I don't know. Um, it, it's really hard. To, they don't explain a lot, and I don't think they want you to. You know, uh, George, I was watching an interview with George Lucas, and he was saying how much he admired. They wanted to film this in Japan, and they, and Francis, Francis Ford Coppola, his uh, fledgling American zoetrope, was producing this. 
And he very quickly realized we cannot afford to film in Japan. But the reason uh, Lucas really loved, and we all know that uh, Star Wars is based on a Japanese story, but he really, really loved in Japan, they would tell a story and they would, explain, they would just jump in and they'd be doing some ritual. They wouldn't explain to you. You just either you either rolled with it and got it or you didn't. Like he liked that. He really admired jumping into an existing situation and not necessarily knowing what's going on, which is exactly what he does here. These people all have their kind of existing ways of doing things and you got to jump in and swim or not. And the yep. studio, I guess, was like, what? the hell is this <laughs> like they had no idea what to do with it they were looking for american graffiti part two and they well, no, american graffiti hadn't been made yet i mean yeah maybe it hadn't been made 73 yet. american graffiti was 73 this film actually because like, okay what happened was he made the film in 67 at usc it was very widely acclaimed yes uh the original film uh so much so that warner brothers said hey we want you to make this as a feature Yes. So they 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 made the feature. He made this film. It bombed. As no I can't imagine. That. Gee, I can't imagine why the film bombed. Pulled out of American Zoetrope because they were like, we don't know what you're doing. So, but somehow it again critics. It was so again critics and and people that were really into it. I guess the enough people, the right people, liked it enough or saw promise in it. That's he's that's how he got American Graffiti. And of course, because of when American Graffiti was a huge success. That's how he got he, to be Star Wars. Yeah, and just speaking of that, he, the studio did not know what this is, did not know what to make of it, chopped four or five minutes out, and he was annoyed at that. I happened, just so you guys know, I happened to watch the director's cut, not the theatrical cut. It was available on Amazon Prime. The, the effect, the, thre the, the, the theatrical cut is was never available after it was. Oh, so I guess started. I had no choice. No, I watched no, the no, it was only, it went, they when they when they brought it back out after Star Wars, it was a they edited it. There was a stuff they added to it. Um, the scene where he's kind of masturbating, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw, you that. know, that was added. Um, obviously they had shot it and then they so they must have went and put it back in. But there's a yeah. there's a few scenes that they put back in after Star Wars because they figured, oh, Lucas is a big hit now. Let's throw yeah, it, so they put it back in. But the, the having the the studio messed with this movie like this really annoyed him. And I don't know how it worked with American graffiti, but we know that star Wars was very, very much an independent project of his. Like he really did not want to rely on the studio. He did not want the studio messing with him. He did not want the studio interfering. He wanted to just do his thing. We hear and, this theme a lot with directors though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when they, I mean, you go all the way back to, uh, to, to, to um, uh, Orson Welles. You know, True. And, and and Citizen Kane, you know, that was again, he was the one film he always said that he never that the studio wouldn't let the studio touch a frame yeah. of it. And we know that studios their only goal is to make money. They could care less. Yeah, it is show the film business. is actually any good. I too forget the sells, business side of show business. So so that's what they care about. So they tend to muck things up. Um, yeah. And we see this more than once. I mean, we've seen it even with as something as recent as, as Firefly when Fox ran them out of order. And, you know, and, and just because they didn't think the first episode was the pilot might, episode. Might was, explain was a few enough. things. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, it. yeah, the studio is usually wrong. 
<laughs> you hear that studio? I think that's the theme of the whole. The studio is usually wrong. The studio is usually wrong. That yeah, like I said, you saw the you saw the offer with the whole with the, with the, the Godfather, and now here that was a dramatization, but it was based in fact. And that would have been the after same this thing where Paramount and ultimately Gulf Western that owned Paramount was trying to you know pull the strings on this film to make it fit what they thought was going to be profitable yeah, yeah. so it's it's really interesting to kind of watch the evolution of like francis ford coppola's work lucas's work as they of course as they do better and better and they make more and more money they can be more and more independent um but in the beginning you kind of have to rely on other people's money to sort of get your stuff started you know to get it out there so yeah so then francis ford coppola who was produced executive producing this um would have learned from this experience as he went on to do The Godfather. Yeah. Which, by the way, what year was The Godfather? Yeah, 70s. So it's almost like these things were happening concurrently. It was right around the same time. But before before, before Coppola did, um, you know, he hadn't done a law. He wasn't, you know, obviously Godfather put him on the map. 1972. So this was literally so the next year. Right, right before. So, you know, yeah. he honestly may have already have met with Mario Puzo and have been writing with him. Yeah, I wonder if he was. Because remember, he's the executive producer. He wasn't producing he wasn't and, he wasn't, and he wasn't directing. So he probably was just guiding George along. Um, and, you know, so they pro I bet you they were happening concurrently. Yes. For a lot of it. Um, I'm just reading some of the comments. People are saying hi to Tilly. Tilly says hi back. Tilly is afraid of thunder, which is why she is hanging we're having a huge storm, so that's why she is hanging out with me tonight. Yeah, guys, this was very dystopian. Crystal Rose called it very Metropolis. Yeah, it was very Metropolis. Um, yeah, there's a lot of parallels in science fiction for this. A lot of the science fiction. Like I said, I, I saw George Orwell all over this thing. Um, and yes, I think, I I think Strange New World, a uh, Brave New World, rather, is um, probably accurate, too. Uh, there's a lot of little bits and pieces of different Metropolis, certainly. When you're talking about that kind of dystopic future of sort of overarching control and like government control, yeah, this fits the bill. And, you know, guys, it, uh, there's a big argument out there that if we took the fantasy element away from Star Wars, Star Wars would just be another dystopic Orwellian science fiction. You know, it's just you put that that fantasy element of the Jedi and all that back in and suddenly it becomes... But yeah, you have a you have an over oppressive government controlling yeah. the population through force. And it's interesting. And, and in, in this instance, they didn't really it wasn't through force, it was through drugs. They kept everybody drugs. just yeah. so which is the same as Brave New World where they just wasted, took yeah, right. They yeah. just kept everybody so wasted that they just didn't have any desire the other to do thing anything. In else. Brave New World, do you guys remember uh is they also encouraged the consumerism purchasing things? It, there was a little rhyme, like you know how they say Ford is in Ford's in his flipper, all all's right in the world. There was some little rhyme. It was like a stitch in time, but it was basically saying why why repair it when you can buy a new one. If anybody remembers from Brave New World, that little I have not seen that. Film. I, I've never seen it. I've read it. The one with, <laughs> oh, there was a film. I only saw the. I didn't read the book. I know I saw there was a film with Kier Delay actually as the lead role. Oh, was it really? Yeah, and I don't, that was many, many years ago. Oh, but I, what I was going to say uh, was that when you see these dystopic views of the government, Andor is a really fascinating look at, like when you see 
Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and all that, you see the Empire, their side of it. But then Andor is the side of the people who don't have the Force, like just the side of the common people. And some of them aren't doing so great. Some of them, like Mon Mothra, live in these great cities. You know, they're in government, so they have some luxuries and they live in these great places. But then, the well, again, even even in even in you know communist Russia, there were elites. Well, sure, yeah, some of right exactly yeah. so i mean that again kind of fits fits the bill um but remember it was kind of the not to go off a tangent hello welcome to our show um, <laughs> star wars the way the empire came in you already had kind of this society of rich people and you know and then the government yeah. kind of can start to control everything um i imagine some but they kind of implied again in i think in andor and stuff that you know, if you weren't with the with the empire, you kind of lost your, you know, your fortune. In other words, they would basically squash you. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. Anywho, um, what else can we say about this film? Um, I do know that the uh, they added that was another thing they added. They made the car chase at the end longer. They did. They did. And that um, motorcycle stunt was, that was quite the stunt. There was yeah, that was on a dummy that when he kind of hits the, the paint scaffolding and, and the bike flips over yeah. and the guy ends up doing like a backflip. Flies to the air. That was, that was, that was a really a stunt man. And actually and they a lot of people he thought hurt. he was hurt because they couldn't believe. And they ran out there and he was angry at them because they yeah. he thought they ruined the, the shot. Because <laughs> he didn't want to do it again. <laughs> And I don't blame him because I don't blame like him because it, it looked like it hurt. <laughs> it did look like it hurt. Oh, um, oh, that was another thing that's weird with this film. If you notice the opening credits scroll down, I noticed that also. Um, Which is kind is of weird, mean? you know? Did you notice? But didn't it bug you? Yeah, it did actually. Like it does. Like you're so used to credits. Yeah, just we scrolling yeah up they should scroll that when they come down can, this you know. way. Yeah, like, that was that. weird. Like having stop something it. up for the information didn't work. <laughs> the other thing is that the beginning now is that whole, um, or at least I saw the whole, uh, not Flash, Buck Rogers segment. Yeah, that's and again, the original film had something else. I uh, had that. Right. You get this weird, because I remember the first time I watched it, I'm like, is this like an error? Like, what am I watching? Like, why is this an old Buck Rogers promo? But the original one, oh, I got to find it now. Uh, was uh, the trailer? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there's. I gotta find it. But there was. It was a different from a different, an old 1934 film. Um, it was even older, the original one. I don't know why they changed it to the Buck Rogers one. I don't know why it was in there in the first place. I saw Lucas kind of explain it, and I did not explain his. I did not understand his 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 explanation at all. You mean it's like his his explanation of the Kessel Run under twelve parsecs, which yeah. doesn't make sense either. Pretty much, yeah. No, he had a reason why he put Buck Rogers in there, but I listened to it like three times and my brain broke. And I was like, <laughs> does anybody want to explain that? I don't know why you put Buck Rogers in there. Why All right, the things Buck I don't understand in, in this thing. Um, I already talked about the mind block. Like, wh why did they override the mind? Block? Why did they? I talked about that. I think it's just bureaucratic bullshit. I think it was just. Like when the government, or just the government in, that's like, so like the left hand does not know what the right hand. Yes, is I think that's. I think you're right. I think that's what it was. It's the bureaucracy it. of one, and we. I see this in my job. Yeah, really? really. I mean, it's. Oh yeah, you see this. One department's doing something. The other department's doing their own thing. 
They don't realize that those two things are actually kind of the same thing, but they're all spending money and doing their own projects. And nobody really knows what the other people are doing until it ends up blowing up um, somewhere along the line. So it, it still happens. Anytime I think you get a large bureaucracy, you're going to have that happen. You have that. And then you get my um, luck and some, but then here's the thing. And then somebody drops radiation and then the guy goes to jail. Now here's my question. Did they kill law? Was she dead? And it, why did they send him to prison for something that was technically not his fault? Well, he kind of went, it wasn't just that it was because of his, her? because remember she was, she was the one trying to mess with his drugs so that he was coming off the drugs. So none of this was really his fault. Why did he go to prison? But I think that's what they, because that's what they charged him. I, I believe was they charged him with drug evasion. Not deliberate, not purposeful. Um, but they don't, doesn't matter. Apparently they don't care. It was drug evasion and sexual deviant, deviancies, the two charges that they gave him. That's why he was in jail. But she would have they also felt that he wasn't, he could not be rehabilitated. Why wasn't she in jail? Why she was, because remember, and she was she killed? I think she was killed. Well, I don't know. You'd have to ask George. I gotta ask George. I don't so know. So get him on the phone, ask George right now. I don't, again, I don't think these are things that he expects you to worry about. It's just you're kind of going, just living his this weird thing Listen. that he finally just decides he's had enough. Yeah. And, you know, he kind of just says, I'm, I'm going to keep walking in this direction. You know, his character doesn't talk a lot. His mm -mm. character doesn't say much at all. So he was no. doing, yeah. The other thing I didn't understand was, and I already mentioned this, and I think I, we don't need to dwell on it, was simply, um, uh, it, you know, because cost efficient. Is all you have to do is just wait until they exceed budget and you can get away with things. But that's okay. We don't need to dig into that. Um, all roads. I do have roads. Uh, if we want to touch on our cast a little bit. Ian well, we Wolf. Talk about yeah. So Ian Wolf, his his designation was PTO. You saw him in that void jail with all the others in there. He is from Bread and Circuses and all our yesterdays. You should yeah. recognize Mr. him. Atos. Mr. Atos. <laughs> Sid Hay is another one who was in that prison, that big void prison. He was the first lawgiver in return of the Archons. Uh, Susan Susan, what's your name? Susan, someone whose name I don't remember. Straw. 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 Thank Stroh. you. Susan Stroh. Where did I write it down? She was, she actually, okay. she actually did script, like she was scripty or continuity on a, on um, one of the original series documentaries. And finally, Memory Alpha says that THX 1138 is an F-class white star located in Quadrant 3 North near the Galactic Barrier. So even Star Trek has to give a nod to George Lucas. Yeah, it's all over the place. So, so of course, Robert Duvall is our main character. You guys know him from everything. Uh, from Godfather to Apocalypse Now to... Uh, I mean, he's just, you know, Days of Thunder, if you're into that sort of thing. I mean, he's just, he's like one of those guys everywhere. Great actor. Um, Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. Now, we well, all know I think, him. I think has the performance of the sh of the movie. Because Sen was unhinged. Like, Sen. But he always kind of plays that character. Yeah, he kind of does. You notice he other plays, well, he's the Donald, bad guy. Donald remember, Pleasance, guys, you know him best maybe from James Bond. He's, he's where Austin, but not Austin Powers. Michael Myers got. Yeah, that's what he got. 
He was Blofeld in uh, Live yeah. and Let Die. No, not yeah. Live and Let Die. No, no, uh, you're um, only twice. Yes. And he's also, he was also in um, Fantastic Voyage. Was he? He was the guy in the bubble. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the guy in the in the top that gets eaten by the big giant. Um, yes, yeah, I'm maybe. positive. I'm, I'm almost yeah. positive it was him. Maybe he was. I'm telling you. Somebody help me out. I can look it up. Oh, hi, Kent. And Chris and everybody else is here. Uh, Don Pedro Colley, he was pretty well known at the time. He is our one African-American in the movie. Um, and then there were just a few other. Marshall Efron, James Pierce, James Wheaton. I don't think, I don't know if you can see her shaking right now. It's actively thundering here and she is shaking. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, it was a fantastic voyage. I know Donald Pleasant's best. Didn't he start doing Stargate or something and then passed? And they replaced him with. Uh... Mm-hmm. Now you gotta make me look up. Nothing's good. Nothing's better than dead air, where we both look up people on IMDb. I know, right? That's right. <laughs> we need to have an off-camera producer who can like do this. Right? For us. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm wrong. I guess it was somebody else that's a lot like him. Uh, I, I guess I'm wrong. Sorry. Where are you, Donald Pleasance? Where are you? Yeah, I no, don't. Didn't. What they year was? What year was somebody else? That had to be what late sixties, right? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't see it. So we well, played in Halloween. That's right. Donald Pleasance played in Halloween. They were so excited to get him, and he was just like, "Yeah, whatever. It's just a paycheck." What yeah. a weird career that man had. But he's like always kind of plays oh, kind of a crazy and, dude, or yeah, he kind of is all quiet on the rest of, on the Western Front. He was in Outer Limits. Dracula. Fantastic Voyage. There, I'm right. There it is. 1966. Great memory. Good for you. Dr. Michaels. See? I knew it. He just got eaten by a big old white uh, blood cell, you know? (laughs) There. See? Christopher Rose. Thank you, Chris. We all got it at the same time. I knew Chris would know it. Chris knows it all. I knew I was right. Chris, Chris, you're our official off-camera right. <laughs> researcher. Chris and Sue, because they Google stuff real quick. Yeah, so that I mean, that's kind of the the the, the rest of the people are just like, yeah. Oh yeah, Johnny Weiss Miller Jr. Chrome Robot. Look at that. I did yeah. not know that. I did not know that. Yeah, I saw that. I picked that right. I saw when I saw his name in the opening credits. I was like, oh, Weiss. I just figured Tarzan. they got some stuntmen or something, or just some guys, you know. I just figured that why that would be somebody just generic, you know, like because they're in the 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 mask, so to speak. That you know they were robots. So, so I love the way they always were like, "So I'm here to help you," but yet yeah. they have the stick. Oh, the, they have the, the stick that like shocks you, like, yeah. "But I'm here to help you." I'm here to help. The other thing that cracked me up was the confessional and the way. Yes. Of, uh, yes. Can you be more? My time specific. is your time. Yes. That and that painting is actually from a famous painting. It is a painting, yeah. It is it's a from a famous painting. painting um, of, I, I assume it was Jesus, but I don't know for the fact that that's who it was supposed to be. Um, but yeah, that was another weird thing. See, now we have religion oh, thrown in there. Um, is, yeah. Right, he was in Escape from New York too. Yeah, the guy. He has a pretty pretty wide. What uh, a crazy IMDb Donald yeah. Pleasant said. Yes. Anyway, so that's our cat. Yes, minimal cast. Not a lot of people going on. Our two leads don't even really say much to each other. Um, they both admitted having reasonably good chemistry with each other. I think they liked each other. But uh, yeah, what a funny little interesting. She always, I don't know if it's because of the shaved head, but she always, she looks like a little kid. 
And she looked worried all the time. Like she constantly looked like she was on the verge. Well, just, I just didn't see woman in her. I saw like child all yeah, the time. Yeah. And maybe there that was some of the other girls. We did see a couple of the females with shaved heads and they looked like women with shaved heads. Like, yeah, just, she has one of those faces that's very, with the freckles yeah. maybe, that's part of it. Um, but yeah, she didn't have a very long curve. Well, it's kind of stretched out, but she did stuff from 1971. Apparently, look, this is like one of her first films, too. Yeah, she had been 2009 in 2009 was the last thing she did. Yeah, so. she she did a little interview I saw with her that she had been in theater and um, the word came down, hey, there's a Hollywood movie in San Francisco. She was in there, Hollywood movie coming, and they everyone can audition for it. And they are all like, oh, you know, the movies. No, no, we're in theater, we're above that. But then they all showed up for the audition. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the way it works but, uh, yeah. yeah so I mean yeah. so let me ask you this so overall you saw the movie did you like it or yeah did I did I did like it now look for first time out I'm gonna give it to Spielberg I like duel much yeah much I mean better. as a just as a strict, strict entertainment value duel, <laughs> duel duel's a better for entertainment duel is the movie I get that I get it Lucas wanted a think piece like he had probably been reading, you know, he'd probably been, well, he'd been working out. Like I said, this goes all the way back from when he was well. at USC. The original yeah. idea came from his roommate. Who yes, wrote, it came from short, two other guys. And he wrote he, a short about a guy trying to escape yeah. a dystopian society and underground. It, and then he won like that that year's student filmmaker, whatever. Everyone was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And then, yeah. Um, it's clearly meant to be a think piece. He was clearly trying to say some things with it. Um, good for you. But is it accessible? As, is it accessible to the average person? Well, that's the thing. And it, look, you look at you look at Spielberg as a contrast, and he didn't do his think piece till he did Schindler's List. True. You know what I'm saying? Or True. or Saving Private Ryan in some degree. <laughs> Schindler's List was first, right? Yes. Um. So you know, I mean, really, when you think about it, look at all the stuff that Spielberg did. They were just straight entertainment movies. Okay. Nothing. Nothing deep. In anything, you know, I'm sorry, as far as message wise, maybe close encounters a little bit. I don't know. ET. He has his messages in bit. there, but, but it's so accessible to the average person. It's accessible. Well, I take it back. You know what was probably enjoyable. his first one? Empire of the Sun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that, if you've that never, if you, I'm going to tell you people, if you've never seen Empire, it's not color purple. at all. Color Purple is another one. That's color true. Purple had, was a that's great true message too. movie. But yeah. That, did that, I want to say that's after Empire of the Sun. I could be wrong. But yeah. anyway. If you have never seen Empire of the Sun, and it's got a Batman in it, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Has, yeah. yeah uh, what's his name? Um, Christian. Christian Bale. The, yeah, Christian Bale. But you know, I'm glad Lucas evolved into Star Wars, which is now the most right. beloved thing. You know, is the most beloved thing and known worldwide. Yay! Good for you. And I we probably would not have gotten there if we hadn't had this film, and then no. of course, really wouldn't have gotten there had American Graffiti not been true. Also um, true. A big hit, which is also a great film if you've never seen American Graffiti. Really good it film. Is. It had Harrison Ford. You could see where these guys, because, you know, it's funny because even Spielberg would pull people that he's used before because he liked him. You know, certainly Dreyfus, um, you know, gets used over and over again in Spielberg films. And Lucas used, reused Harrison uh, in the, you know, uh, in that. So uh, it, they tend to gravitate towards certain actors yes. that they like you know yeah um, they absolutely do um and certain things like it's uh, lucas i was watching this thing and i thought to myself the man can only paint like he has he has a color palette it's got four colors and those are the other colors he paints with but i don't know he makes it work it works for him it's just 
the way he does it. Like I said, if you haven't seen it, it's kind of like I told Mary Beth. I'm like, it's kind of like staple sci-fi enthusiast. Yeah, you like mean required viewing. Yeah, it's, it's required, required viewing. viewing. <laughs> required viewing when we take your nerd card away. You know, yeah. it's like Metropolis and yeah. and uh, you know all those, the classics. You need to know the Harry yeah, the classics. You, you know, the Earth, the day planet. the Earth stood still, Forbidden the day Planet. The Earth stood still. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so this one goes. This one definitely falls into that category yes, where it's a, if you have to if you have to give a primer for science fiction. If I was going to give a a college level class on science fiction films, this would be one of them. Yes. Um, I don't think anybody would ever let me teach that class. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, we teach it every Wednesday night at seven. Thousand ones another one. Every year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just me rambling about stuff. <laughs> it's not really a class. You need, you need a syllabus for sci-fi to still. You don't need it. Yeah. I mean, when I do my little Star okay. Trek roundtables, it's okay. you know, it's just a ramblings, and I tell people so, how bad Voyager was, and um. Okay. See who agrees. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it's just fun. It's just for fun. So, uh, what does I think Roy's going to finally get his um, uh, Indiana Jones? Yes, Royce, because week. Friday is Dial of Destiny's debut. So, right. of course, well, he was he supposed to do it last week, but he ran into he some tech issues. He no, did he, like he, he was going to the Akutas, and then they got pushed. So then he did well, the Akutas he did Mike. Day. He did Mike Sunday. I think he had he Mike, did Mike just, Sunday. Just Mike I actually did yeah. like half of it. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty good actually. Um, yeah, so he will be doing Indiana Jones and then Phil, I think I'm jumping on with, I think I am, but I'm really not sure what's happening. I'm jumping on with Phil, I think to interview John Paul Vest. I don't know John Paul, John Paul Vest, but I'm going to talk to him. And I will also talk about, uh, Mr. Shatner's visit. And then he will be talking to Michael Schilling about shore leave, which happens to be the exact same weekend as Mr. Shatner, but that's okay. Well, they're, they're, they're thousands okay. of miles apart. They're thousands of miles, or maybe just five hundred miles. Apart. No, no, it's it's well. It's Maryland, right? Maryland, so it's yeah, it might be under a thousand, but pretty close, close enough. And then, far enough that people are not going to probably either going to go one or the other. One or the other. Uh, <laughs> and then at midnight, the Hill Station does a three-day reggae music fest. So hey, enjoy that reggae. Yep. Oh, good. And next week, I don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing, but it'll be July, and it'll be the day before Shatner starts, so I'll be frazzled anyway. So I'm hoping for something light, yeah, fluffy, well, this, fun. Do guys, I don't want to have any ideas what he wants to do. How about Twister? I just reported on Twister. We could do Twister. Is that really? Well, not really. No, it's not. It's not. It's a special effect. Cow. We got cows. Cow. It looks Did you ever go to the, the – I don't know if you is – it, is it Universal or is it Disney? I think it's Universal that had it. Ace Universal had the Twister ride. I'm sure they it did. It's not really a ride. Like you walk through and you're like, at one point you're you're on this like in this like it looks like a Kansas farm out in front of you. Oh, cool. And you're on the porch <laughs> of this farmhouse, and then the tornado comes. <laughs> and like that's you're cool. like under this porch, but like the literally it's that kind of experience where like that's cool. Things are and they somehow do it, they did it so like you feel wind and you see things swirling around in front of you. Like they do a really good job. I haven't been in years. I don't even know if it's still there because no, I haven't been to Universal. Well, they update those things, so they probably got a new one. Yeah, so I don't know if it's still there. New real tornado warnings, and they're uh, not quite so pretty. Exciting. It was pretty. I want to say it was realistic, but I mean, it was pretty intense for for a ride. It was felt like you know. Yeah. Of course, they used to have the Ghostbusters. They got rid of that one. So yeah, they changed it up. They always get new movies in there. So yeah, the Ghostbusters was a good one too. Anyway. 
um, Back to the Future ride was kick-ass too on that in that Universal. Yeah. So what do you guys want us so, to do? I don't know. What do you want us to do? Uh, maybe I always say, give us suggestions, and nobody gives us suggestions. So Chris is always Chris wants to do the Shadow. I'd have to watch it, Chris. I don't think I've ever seen the Shadow film. The one with uh, is it Alec Baldwin? Is that was that the one? Was that the Shadow? Didn't they do a film? Wait, Chris, didn't we already do the Shadow? No, we did the Phantom. We did the Phantom. Which was, I think, a better movie, but I can't really say that because I never saw the shadow. So, don't know, but I really like the Phantom. Anyway, um, we'll figure it out as usual. Um, I don't know. We'll come up. We'll do it something light, light for Mary Beth. I don't the brain, no brain. Like I can't have a brain next week. <laughs> it's fine. We've done this so many times. It's got to be like. How are we? We're like in three years of this. Actually, Roy said he's in. Twenty eighteen May of twenty eighteen was the first shatter we did. No. Oh, yep. Shatner. I thought you meant sci-fi distill. I was oh, like, no, no. 20, 2000. Oh, this 2000. 2000. Yeah. So we're in three years. 2020. Was yeah. No, Mr. Shatner 20 is his ninth visit. I was thinking about that. Somebody was asking me like, what are his bridge chats like? And I'm like, girl, girl, it's, he's done. If he does four visit and he's visited nine times, the man's done 36 bridge chats and all third has been 36 different bridge chats. They're always different. Yeah. They're always different. Yeah, it's whatever he wants to talk about. Whatever or he, he finds, wants to talk about. He finds about. somebody interesting in the audience. He like, The man no, is a brain. force of nature. He Nothing really can control him. Not he us. He really is. Not CBS. Nobody. Dark Shadows. I'd have, that's a that's an old series. I'd have to watch that one. Chris. I, how I think I remember watching shadows? a few of them when I was a kid. In but you know, if we're going to do vampires, we got to do uh, what we do in shadows. That's what we do in the shadows. I've never seen it. I've, I've been well, meaning it's funny. To it's it. very, very tongue-in-cheek. Very, uh, yeah, it's what a tight Taika Watiti, so it's very, yeah, that's what I, I understand. Maybe I gotta, you know, there's so many things to watch. So, I was gonna ask you quickly before we do, and you, you were yeah. started to talk about the the Disney, the uh, the one with uh, Samuel Jackson there. Oh, that's gonna be uh, well, except for the controversy about the opening credits, that is gonna be quite the because everyone could be a scroll and you don't know, and they they've already tricked me twice. So it's going to be quite the convoluted tale. And it's gonna yeah, be I don't know what the premise is, but so you're saying it's worth watching. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, well, if you're into Marvel, sure. If you enjoy Samuel L. Jackson, which I do. Well, who doesn't? He's going to narrate my life story. He's good at everything. <laughs> he, he is, is in everything. Like, oh, <laughs> All right. On that note, we are past 8 o'clock. We'll oh, figure gosh. out something for next week. We like keep you in suspense. You'll You'll have to wait. I and like see to what know what we post. I know you like wait. to know. I'll try to figure something out. It's been a busy, busy week for me work wise. I haven't had haven't had the bandwidth. So, all right, guys. Good night. We'll see you. Live long and prosper. Hopefully, the dog we'll will see calm you from down. The storms. Yeah, she's freaking and out. We will see you next week. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>